Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Get two on. And a drive to deep left center field. Back by the wall, and it's gone! Fernando's gone deep for the second time tonight. That one, but two home runs, Fernando. This three-run shot puts San Diego on top, six to nothing. A new era in sports coverage began on Wednesday night. And I'm paraphrasing from the column of our next guest who'll join us in a couple of minutes here. Because the San Diego Padres TV broadcast crew held microphones with MLB's logo on it. I have followed this for a long time. Um, What has gone on with MLB broadcasts, and I've always been interested on a couple of different levels. This is Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel, uh, with you on the score. Cliff Floyd from uh, Marquee will join us as we're going to be live on Marquee for our entire last hour. Also, Mike Talkman of the Cubs, the Palatine Pounder, will join us at 1145. But for years, um, I've been interested in MLB's relationship with the regional sports networks because there are blackout rules, as you know, that affect people all over the country. If you live in Iowa and are a Cubs fan or White Sox fan, you can't see your local coverage. If you live in Las Vegas, you are blacked out from, I believe, it's seven different markets and can't see your teams. And I've discussed that level of it many, many times. But something has happened in recent years where certain RSNs, the regional sports networks, have been struggling. And the San Diego uh, version of Diamond Sports, so the Diamond Sports subsidiary of Sinclair, um, had filed for bankruptcy in March in a Texas court. And they could not make their TV rights payment to the Padres. And so what happened was that MLB took over Padres broadcasts and maybe a lot of you don't realize this but it's very interesting to me and I thought would be interesting to you so before we bring on Travis Sawchick from the score.com I want you to hear the beginning of MLB's broadcast this is from Friday night Sean it's Cubs Padres from Friday night and all of a sudden it is not a local broadcast it's MLB in charge and before they handed it over to Don Orsillo um, they had Bob Costas at the top of the broadcast. Tonight marks the dawning of a new era of Padres television coverage. The game presented by and for the team that all San Diego fans care about. A team with history as tough and proud 
as the city it represents. Tonight, we bring you the next evolution of Padres baseball coverage. New rules, faster, more exciting play. And the presentation to match. The faces and voices remain familiar. Machado deep and far into the San Diego night and walk it off. A broadcast backed by the power of the Padres and Major League Baseball. We're not changing history. Hi, I'm Tony Gwynn of the San Diego Padres. The Padres draped the National League flag around their shoulders for 1998. The whole sector. We're taking history into a new age. Padres Baseball, presented by Major League Baseball, is officially on the air. Travis Sawchick, who uh, has written the MVP machine, Big Data Baseball, and more, joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Travis, good morning. Thanks for your time. Is this the first league-owned broadcast for a regional specific team in 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 like the history of american media is that is this what we have (laughs) i i believe it is and you know the history of this goes back to the new york islanders and cablevision in the early 1980s and uh, putting they were the first team to put their games on cable which was a totally new model and up until that point Club owners were afraid of what it would mean for their gate if they put all their local games on on television, at least the home games. So that started, and then everyone copied that. And the beauty of that model is the regional sports networks that are created were all generally put on the basic tier of cable or one tier up. And, uh, you know, everyone, most people don't that subscribe to cable didn't watch the games, so that all these games are subsidized and the owners and players' salaries uh, all benefited from it. But we've seen all the cord cutting and it's accelerating. I think Comcast is losing 7,000 cable subscribers a day. Uh, and there's consumers are opting for a new way to consume what they watch on their big screens. And that, uh, we, <laughs> I could go in for an hour about the history, but the, what's happened is uh, Bali can't pay the bills and we're seeing MLB having to step in. And now there's a local cable option in San Diego, but they're always they're also having to step in and put the Padres games on MLB.tv as a local option, which has mm-hmm. never happened before. Mm-hmm. And that that could be I think that's actually a pretty compelling model of it would reduce blackouts, it would increase the reach potentially if you added the in market uh option to MLB.tv, which is generally the out of market option, mm-hmm. uh, which many fans enjoy. So that's kind of a rambling answer, but it is. It could also be a one-word answer. Yes, it is. It's a long version. Got here. Yeah. Well, well, we got here. well, well it, I'm interested in all of that, and our listeners actually. I mean, here in Chicago, we have a tremendous um, history of, of 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 all that stuff. I mean, where you know, where sports sports channel obviously was here, and and you know, it, this town it, it had gotten absurd in a bunch of different sports. You know, way back in the day, not only were the white were the Blackhawks just not available on local TV, the first period wasn't even on the radio. Travis, they had the first period show that they would play on WGN Radio um, <laughs> because they wanted people to come to games and not get the games on 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 TV or radio. So look, we, we have a lot of experience here, and you're dealing with a town now. Who was um, who has the Marquee Sports Network and is and the Cubs are in a very solid place with their broadcast entity and there's long been rumors of a direct to consumer 
um, component for Marquee, and I think they're they're working on that from the best of my knowledge. Um, and then there's NBC Sports Chicago that has the White Sox, and we just saw that Jerry Reinsdorf bought Stadium TV, bought full controlling interest in Stadium TV. Most people think that will be the next um, place where you'll find the White Sox. So there's a long rambling response to your uh, to, to your initial answer. <laughs> Um, to to kind of set the scene on where we are, because the historical perspective matters greatly to me. Um, let's talk about the specifics of this model as it exists right now. So it's still on locally in San Diego because they didn't want to just take it away from people. But if you pay, I think it was it two forty nine for MLB TV. Is that what it is for a year now? I believe. Uh, you know. I have paid for it, and I can't even recall what it is. I know, me too, me <laughs> too. It used to be like it used to be yeah. one ninety nine. I believe it's two forty nine now. Um, so there's that, and, and, and it is two forty nine. But but as you say, you can't get your local team now. If you're a Padres fan, you can. Was it twenty dollars a month through MLB? I believe that. I believe that's correct. So what do we think about that as a twenty dollars a month to get every game for your team? If you are a cord cutter. It means you don't have to necessarily play the game with the big cable entities. I, it's up to each individual fan and consumer. I personally would love it because I really, the main reason I've subscribed to cable in the past was because of live sports, especially the, the local regional sports networks. But I don't need everything that else has been bundled on there. So I think a lot of you know, hardcore fans would be willing to pay that and then not have the $200 cable bill they have and just kind of piece together what they want. Uh, but not everyone feels that way. So it'll be interesting to see. I think MLB is really concerned about reach. And if you look, if you look historically, owners have tended to be very afraid of new technology, even radio. Teams were terrified of radio. It took forever. <laughs> I think the first radio broadcast was like, 1929 or something and it was 10 years later before every team put their games on the radio <laughs> so they've owners have always to your point in chicago market owners have always been afraid of new technology and distribution but they've always also realized that the more eyeballs they can get on their product the better they've always eventually realized the greater to reach the better and i i was watching that first padres broadcast of the, the costas intro you put on and they they made the claim that this new model, they'll be able to reach potentially 3.3 million homes in the Southern California market versus 1.2 million uh, in the previous Valley model. And I assume that's because of uh, you know, the Sinclair Valley branded RSNs were, having, were struggling to cut deals with Hulu and YouTube TV. They generally reduced the households they reach. Now with the MLB.TV option, uh, plus with the local cable option, <laughs> there's a new, if you have DirecTV or Uverse in San Diego, San Diego Padres TV, a totally new channel. Yeah. So I think that combined with the MLB.TV should, hypothetically expands the reach greatly, which is uh, which is great. And I think, you know, for con- and that's more consumer choice. If you want cable, you can keep it. If you, you know, going again, rambling, but getting back to your question, that, it just gives consumers more cheat, more reach, and potentially or more choice, and the game potentially more reach, more households, fewer blackouts, mm-hmm. which has been a real issue for the sport. Uh, so yeah, I think it is a positive to expand that for baseball and monetizing it in the short term is going to be a question. I, I, you know, that was a 1.2 billion TV deal over 20 years that just got put in the shredder, which is pretty remarkable when you mm-hmm. think about it. They got halfway through it before the cable model folded and couldn't sustain it. Uh, at least on the Sinclair Valley side of things. So, 
Yeah, uh, I'll stop there, but it, the whole thing's fascinating. Yeah, it, it, it is. I, I agree that it is. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Our guest is Travis Sochik from thescore.com, unrelated. Um, and uh, but it, and Travis, also a, a, a noted book author and baseball writer and a great follow on the old Twitter machine. So let's zoom out a little and talk about MLB's disadvantage as compared to, say, football. And um, it, in terms of the money that that comes in and how it has to work. Um, can you summarize the disadvantage for MLB and, and, and what the landscape is these days? Yeah, I, I think most folks already understand that, you know, NFL is a TV king and their revenues dwarf the other uh, North American pro sports. But this, this issue might only widen in the short term because NFL doesn't, they're not even tied up in this Bally RSN mess. They're not part of the regional sports networks. They, they can go to network TV or Amazon. Everyone is willing to, you know, pay premium dollars just to have NFL's popularity, the eyeballs they generate. And I think because their inventory of games is much less than baseball or hockey uh, or basketball, they just, you combine that with the popularity and it's, a wonderful television product, uh, huge audiences. You don't have to worry about producing thousands upon thousands of games every year. And uh, everyone wants a piece of that. And they're totally insulated from this cable issue. So they, I mean, Amazon is paying a billion dollars a year or not a billion dollars a year. Or is it a billion dollars a year? It's some insane figure just yeah. for Thursday night broadcast right. on streaming. So uh, baseball, ideally owners would love to, now, cut a deal with one of these tech giants for something like put a lot of their inventory there, not worry about the direct to consumer model. But that's, I'd say to summarize it, that's a big difference where NFL is going to be able to live, uh, have existing, whether it's tech giants or network TV, have these existing platforms that have big audiences already built and be paid for that. They don't have to worry about distribution. Mm-hmm. Now, with the Padres going on MLB.tv, you have to generate subscriptions if you're a baseball, if you're a Padres. This direct-to-consumer product is a totally new model, much the way cable was 40 years ago. Uh, and while I think it's consumer-friendly, but it might not be baseball-friendly initially because you have to g- compel people to go buy subs. Yeah. You can't tank for four years and expect people to come and pay $20 a month to watch your product. So uh, that's the biggest change and the biggest, I think, separator between where the NFL is and where baseball might have to go. And you know, baseball will try to hang on to the RSN's model as long as it can, just like this new Padres channel and a couple of local cable options in San Diego. But the fact is, is that cable subscriptions are down. Uh, even in court hearings, Bally said they've lost, in 10 years, they've lost... 37% of their customers, mm-hmm. and that's accelerating. That Comcast number I mentioned, they've, they're they losing a tremendous amount of subscribers. So baseball milk that cable RSN model as long as they can, but eventually that's going away. And, yes, they'll try to cut deals with Apple TV and Peacock like they have, like the NFL has with Tech Giants, but they've been for much, much smaller dollars. And it looks like baseball's a little more case-to-case. It's more regional and how NFL is more of a national product. But a lot of these teams are going to have to, it looks like, generate subscriptions. And the Padres were first, but it looks like the Guardians, Diamondbacks, Rangers, and Twins might not be paid uh, by Diamond, Diamond Sports, which has the Bally-branded RSN. So in the next month or two, we could see four more teams follow the Padres where they're having to 
they have this MLB.tv option, and they're scrambling to find some local partners too. Wow! But it's probably for far fewer dollars than their initial than their original, uh, you know, existing RSN contracts call for. Travis, that's th- th- that that's a big thing, and probably the right thing to highlight here. That you you said four more teams might soon follow suit. Couple things here. Um, the Amazon deal is indeed one billion dollars a year. Which is okay. which is a lot. That sounded crazy sounding out loud. But okay. yeah. <laughs> that's what I it is. Out loud. Oh yeah. Okay. No, that's that's what it is. Um, and as I look here on the homepage of MLB TV, it's uh, there's a a bargain price of one nineteen for the season in full for all teams, but that has the blackout restrictions. Then there's the single team yearly. For the Padres only at seventy four ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine a month for a single team only, but from what you're saying, we might see for as many as four more teams within this season show up on this page with the single team yearly or single team monthly buy option. Could does MLB have the production bandwidth to just absorb as many as they need to in in this season? Uh. They claim they're ready. They have contingency plans for every market. And they, the Padres rollout has been fine. So yeah. uh, they've had a few months to work on this. And they they were able to – I don't know if every uh, existing broadcast production crew can be rolled over. I don't know what every contract is like. But they're able to use the existing Padres, a very popular broadcast team, and retain them. So, yeah. so, so they uh, can just control it that way. One more thing I wanted to follow up on what you said, because I, I think it really just scratches the surface of, of, of the issue, is that how are you supposed to tank when you don't have the guaranteed income that your RSN deal uh, has provided for all these years that you're banking on subscribers to pay if you're any good, and when they don't, then you don't have the money coming in when you're not prioritizing winning on the big league level. So, it, you know, it has always been that the business ops goes over to baseball ops and says, here's how much you can spend because we've got this much coming in. Uh, teams, it'll, it'll upend team building. It'll upend strategy. It, it, it'll upend roster construction and free agent bidding, right? I mean, it, it's going to dictate everything eventually. Yeah, I mean, local TV money is the the lifeblood of baseball, and that plays into revenue sharing and all sorts of things. But unlike the NFL, most the media dollars are not national. They're locally generated. And if you lose that, uh, that's a big deal. I mean, it's a seismic shift in baseball, and I think – I actually think it has warranted more media coverage. I don't think people understand the the long-term ramifications of everything it touches. Yes. now, in federal court this week, Rob Manfred, in the federal bankruptcy court, Rob Manfred revealed that MLB had promised every affected team that they would backstop up to 80% of uh, what the, the existing local TV deal promised. If it fell short, Major League Baseball would step in and uh, cover up to 80%. To, up to 80%. Uh, so if you were owed you know, uh, $50 million and you were not getting anything close to that, you would baseball would make up the difference and you get $40 million. Uh, in your one-year deal. Now, how long can baseball do that? If there's, uh, there are 14 Bally, there's 14 RSNs in baseball, or 14 teams tied to Bally RSNs in baseball. So if, I don't think all 14 are going to be in the Padres situation this year, but how long, how many teams, how many years could MLB provide that backstop is a huge question. Mm. Uh, so yeah, all sorts of, and 
And even if you're not, uh, the AT&T sports, I think there's four MLB AT&T sports, yep. Pirates, I think Rockies, uh, they're in a similar situation. So you have half the league <laughs> kind of muddled in this uncertainty. And then you have teams like probably the Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox, who have huge local markets. And I think they're direct-to-consumer products. If they're forced to predominantly go that way, it'd be fine. But you have more than half the league caught up in this other situation where their future revenues are really uh, uncertain. Yeah, Travis, it's 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 a dense topic, but one that I'm fascinated in and one that eventually will have a tremendous impact on the way teams are built and the strategy and and what we end up seeing on the field. And that's uh, that's why I wanted to discuss it with you. Great stuff. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll check in down the road. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, anytime. Great conversation. Great to be back with you, man. You got it. Thanks, Travis. Travis is a very smart dude. MVP Machine's an incredible book, and he's co-writer of that. And he can talk about just he can talk about hitting and numbers and analytics and anything. So um, we will check in with him again, that is for sure. This is Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Top of the hour, Cliff Floyd. Uh, will join us from Marquee Sports Network. Mike Talkman in about an hour and 20 minutes, the Palatine Pounder, as so called by Jim Deshays. Looking forward to that. When we come back, a couple things. Hawk Harrelson was on Inside the Clubhouse and said some very interesting things. Want to bring that to you. And a big money pitcher with a couple of steps forward in his last two starts. Want to talk about that as we move forward. Hit and run here on 670 The Score. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Just sitting here watching Coke. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Go golf. She's my favorite tennis player. She beat uh, her opponent. Yeah, I've gotten to where I like. I love to watch tennis. How about baseball, Hawk? What do you think when you're watching the White Sox play baseball this year? How would you describe 
them to this point of a season that's been somewhat disappointing? Well, as I said, I love to watch tennis. <laughs> Talk Harrelson yesterday on Inside the Clubhouse. It's a good get and a funny conversation. Wanted to bring you a couple things from it. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on 670 The Score. Uh, after we talk a little Hawk and play some for you, I will talk about a pitcher who I think is back. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think he's back. But um, God, I hope you're right. I think I am right. And then Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Stat from ABC Sports Chicago, will join us at about 1045. Top of the hour, Cliff Floyd. we got a packed show, man. Come on. And we're only here till noon. Hawk said that he thought Tim Anderson was going to be something very, very special for the White Sox. In fact, he gave him an elite comp. It's just a myriad of things that's, you know, that's going on that when you when you got a payroll like uh, like we have and and the guys what really it boils down to, in my opinion, is agents. It's become an agent run organization to the degree that Agents are controlling baseball now. You know, the most powerful man in baseball is not Rob Manfred, the commissioner. The most powerful man is Scott Boris. Last year, his his stable of athletes combined salary was two billion, uh, two hundred million dollars. Two billion, two hundred million. This year, he's already passed that. So uh, he controls so much. And we, if you notice, we got a lot of guys that. If they just bump into a wall, they go on the DL. And if I was an agent, I'd be doing the same thing, especially with pitchers, to extend their shelf life. And and uh, I've never seen a team with many as many DLs as, as the White Sox have had this year. I mean, it's just one right after the other. And it, what it boils down to, really, in my opinion, watching from afar, is uh, – is we really just don't have any leaders on the ball club. I thought Tim Anderson had a chance to be that. I thought he had a chance to be our Derek right. Jeter. And uh, it had just not turned out that way. So in order to win on a consistent basis, you have to have one or two leaders on the ball club. And, and we just don't have that. Man. Took a little while to get there, but there was a hammer there at the end and a justifiable one. And I, I really enjoy the way that Tim plays, enjoy the swagger that he has, but he, he, he is not uh, a leader. And look, this has been echoed by a lot of White Sox observers and insiders, some on the record, some off the record. It's not just T.A. It's the fact that nobody else has uh, has stepped up into that breach, and I truly believe it does matter. I, I wanted to hear this one. Just let's just do the last one, uh, Sean, because I I hadn't heard this portion of it on how Hawk ended up retiring from the White Sox. This is thirty one BV. No, I think I, I think what happened it was a situation that. Um, I had mentioned on a, on a radio show, I don't know, it wasn't yours, I forget who it was, it could have been somebody in Dubuque, Iowa, or L.A., whoever, that uh, they had talked to me about, you know, how much longer I wanted to broadcast. And I had mentioned something about possibly retiring in that radio. And I think what happened was, is by me saying that, is that uh, I put Jerry and, and the Sox, and in a position to whereas they thought I was going to retire, 
And uh, that's when they went out and they hired, you know, Jason. Uh, while I was still working, and it, it just it, it, it was just a, a, an uncomfortable position that I put them into, I think, and that was the reason that they did that. Man, that's some honesty right there from Hawk about how that all went down. So I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Well, maybe I'll go sometime. Well, maybe I do want to go. I don't want to go. All right, let's bring in your replacement, shall we? I guess I'm going. That's how it worked out. Woof. And, uh, it happens uh, in a lot of walks of life, happens in sports in a lot of different realms, and it happened to Hawk. That's, that's, that's too bad if he's got some of that feeling. I want that man to be happy. I want he, that man to live in his dotage uh, proud and happy. He did say at the end of the interview that he, he didn't want to come back. He was happy to spend time with his grandkids, watching a lot of Texas Walker, Texas Ranger, all that stuff. That's awesome. On his iPad, he said his best friend's his iPad right now. Yeah, so. well, man. Um, Hawk is an interesting dude. If anybody um, is interested and has not seen the MLB TV documentary on Hawk, I believe it's They Call Me the Hawk. I believe that's what it was called was actually pretty damn compelling. Um, and it's one of the the transformative and most intriguing figures in the history of Chicago baseball. So interesting to hear him. And um, good get by Bruce, of course. It's hit and run here. Matt Spiegel with you on 670 The Score. Friday night in San Diego, Jamison Tyone looked like himself. Here's what had been happening. Jamison Tyone, who the Cubs signed for fairly large money as a starting pitcher and had been terrible for the most part, um, really terrible the whole time, in fact, leading up to it. He'd, he'd been kind of getting through games with a catcher who likes him and is reading his stuff as it comes in from the mound, a catcher who's done all his work, but a catcher who's trying to get through ball games with whatever he can, trying to beat hitters, trying to read swings, trying to read stuff. And Jamison Tyone was allowing Jan Gomes, who everybody loves throwing to, to dictate some choices that ended up giving, when you looked at the overall body of work, it showed that Tyone was not the most productive version of himself in terms of the pitch mix that he has done historically. And he realized he needed to get back to what he had done historically. And that process began before not this start, but the last start from last Saturday night. And you remember that start Saturday night? Tyone went four and a third, left with a lead against the Reds, and the bullpen blew it. And it was part of a horrific weekend. But Tyone took a step forward that night on Saturday. And then on Friday... He looked back to the guy that he had been. He threw seven pitches, but the four-seam fastball was the one that led the way. 26 uh, four-seam fastballs. Then he threw the sweeper, then the sinker, then the curve. He went five and two-thirds innings. The Padres only had three hits and one run. And so what had been going on with Jamison Tyone, a bit of pressing in trying to impress his new team and live up to a contract, and also – uh, an inversion in terms of that pitch mix based on the well-intended misguidance, if you will, of in-game Jan Gomes. Here's Tyone after the first win talking about uh, his pitch mix from Friday night. When I'm pitching well, the four seems kind of at the foundation of everything that I do. So after that Philly started, we kind of just reviewed a bunch of things, 
saw that I was throwing the four seam a little less, throwing the cutter a little more. Not to say we're not going to throw it, but just kind of get back to who I am, um, attack, find pitches that I can cut big parts of the plate to, um, and just be aggressive with those. And then everything else will play off of that. So still throw the cutter, but make sure I have the four seam going first. Um, throw the curveball, throw the, you know, just throw the strengths and then work everything else in after that. So it's not just pitch mix, it's mindset, and it's conviction. Listen to any catcher talk, listen to any pitching coach talk, throw with conviction, believe in what you're doing, and confidently go there. And that can be hard when you're also trying to prove that you're worth the money, as Tyone commented on. Yeah, I've been just grinding, trying to find it. You know, after you come to a new team and organization and stuff, you just want to impress and, you know, you want to prove that you're worth the commitment that they gave you. And, uh... You know, I feel like up until this point, I haven't been doing that. I haven't been, pull, been pulling my weight. So, um, you know, been grinding, been working with everyone really hard behind the scenes. Um, and it's, it's nice to get the results. But that being said, I feel like we've been putting a lot of good work in. And I feel like we've been getting closer and closer and closer. And I feel like finally we're all starting to get there. So, you know, I was talking last week about how some of these guys, sometimes they have to work to do on the human side, Right. Work to do on the human side. I guess that was a couple of weeks I was talking about it. And, uh, and, and that's part of what Tyone has done as well. Dansby Swanson was asked about that on Friday night after Tyone had a real good start and got the win and felt good and contributed. And Swanson said this, quote, you want to prove you're worth every penny, all these kinds of things. And you can put so much internal pressure on yourself that you're trying so hard instead of just being yourself. Mal, that's his wife, says it to me all the time. Stop trying, just start being. Oh, I like that. I think that's just something that is really tough to navigate through at all times. But we all learn each and every day in this life, and I feel like he's handled it so well. He's been a true pro, one of my favorite teammates. For him to come out and have some success tonight is a sign of good things to come. Tyone said to David Ross, now we go. Now we go. Felt like himself. Felt like he was back. And David Ross said it's the best Tyone he's seen since the spring. That's the best I've seen him, I think, since spring training. Uh, on the attack, you know, I love the way the, the, the four-seamer, uh, you know, ran some down away. The breaking ball was real to the lefties. Uh, nobody really took any good swings. Odor had a, a couple nice hits, but um, it looked like everybody was was caught in between. I thought he, thought he threw really nice. I mean, the swinging bunt there almost gets the the um, the punch from Bogarts, get the swinging bunt to, to give up the only run. But uh, I thought he threw spectacular. It's as good as I've seen him. Now we go. That would be excellent, especially as as, uh, Justin Steele is set to miss probably a couple starts on the 15-day injured list. And uh, you've had greatness from Marcus Stroman. You'll now have an absent Justin Steele. You've had, for the most part, goodness from Drew Smiley, although a little bit bumpy, certainly in his last two starts, especially last Sunday against Cincinnati, in my opinion. Um, you need Jamison Tyone to be very, very good from here on out. And here's hoping that Friday is the start of that. Lots of Cubs next hour. Um, but when we come back, let's talk to my guy, Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. has got a nugget about each side of town and some other stuff that we love to discuss as well with Kampka next here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, 
the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back into Hit and Run on 670 The Score. That music means we get Camp Connected. Camp Connected. Excuse me. Camp Connected with my guy Chris Kampka, Sultan of Staff from NBC Sports Chicago. It's me, Matt Spiegel, here with you on Hit and Run. And Chris joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Chris? How are you? What's going on? Yeah, you don't want to get Camp Connected. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Woo, boy. I, I know that happened to somebody in your family, and it was unpleasant for all concerned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're not talking about that today. No. What are we talking about, Chris? You come with nuggets from each side of town, and then I got something to throw at you, mister, after that. All right, so let's start with Marcus Stroman since he's on the mound for the Cubs. Last time out, complete game shutout against who were then the 39-16 and 16 Rays, the best record in baseball at the time and still the it's the first Cubs complete game shutout against the team who came into the day with the best record in the majors since Matt Clement who shut out the 82 and 46 diamondbacks on August 24th, 2002. That's a, that's a name. You just don't hear that much anymore. I remember they were passing out those little fake beards whenever he started. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the other side of town, White Sox fans remember him as the game one starter 2005 ALDS for the Red Sox, and they shellacked him. Yeah, they did. Um, it, and that was his only all-star year. Um, he had a moment in in Miami, um, but, you know, notably came to the Cubs, I, I believe it was in the hmm, – I, I, I got I to gotta remember the, the, the trade. I, I, I think it was uh, – oh, yeah, so he's part of – he came with Antonio Alfonseca for Julian Tavares, Ryan Jorgensen, and Dontrell Willis. Whoops. Dontrell Willis ended up having a nice little career, traded away as a Cub prospect. At the time. I love when you mentioned Antonio Alfonseca, who is probably the subject of one of my all-time favorite stat nuggets. Okay. Give okay, me. so what was... Antonio Alfonseca known for six fingers on each hand and six toes on each right. foot. So six, right? Yes. Six fingered Antonio Alfonseca has almost exactly twice as high a career ERA as three finger Brown. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's outstanding. And and for, for old score listeners, uh, Antonio Alfonseca means a callback to when Jesse Rogers was a host here years and years and years ago and asked Antonio Alfonseca, how long have you had six fingers on each of your hands? And his answer was, all my life, which is a, which is a really... Really good answer to a absolutely brutal question. 
No, it was a, it was a mod I had during the off season. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get a little more torque on the fork ball, so I added a sixth finger. Exactly right. Um, all right, yeah, Stroman just absolutely dominant that day, and uh, legendarily so. What you got on the south side, sir? And so, Romy Gonzalez did something that I thought was completely otherworldly, but maybe isn't. Um, here, let me explain. Twice in the six-game span, so last Saturday off Michael Lorenzen, he broke up a no-hitter with two outs in the sixth inning. And then fast forward to this past Friday, um, singled off Reese Olsen, breaking off a no-hitter to mm-hmm. lead off the sixth inning. So that's twice in the six-game span that he broke up a no-hitter in the six, you know, six-game span in the sixth inning or later with a lot of sixes. Yeah. So, so I checked in with our friend Sport Radar, who's the last guy to do that. It happened like two weeks ago, and a lot of Michaels here, okay? So it's our local guy, Michael Massey, did it for the Royals. Uh-huh. And, well, of course, the first one was against Michael – or the second one was against Michael Kopech, May 19th. He singled one out in the sixth to break up that no-hitter. But he did it four days earlier against Michael Waka. You know, leadoff single in the eighth inning to break up that no-hitter twice in a four-game span. So it's Michael off of two Michaels, and it happened like two weeks ago in a shorter span. So, you know, pretty cool that Gonzalez did it, but he was one up by Michael Massey. Wow. That's that's something. I love it. What what a crazy White Sox win yesterday, not just for the final uh, pitch that hit the umpire in the face, um, and we hope that Corey Blazer will be okay, but also three runs scored on three wild pitches in a, and that's the only runs in the game. That's never happened before in baseball history, right? It's pretty amazing. Um, so even if you wanted to say wild pitch or pass ball, which you could have definitely made a case for that last one, um, since 1920 at least, it's the only game where we've had three or more runs scored, all of them on wild pitches or pass balls. Wow. And, and I remember the last time the White Sox won a game where they scored more than one run, and had no RBIs for the team was the old Andy Hawkins game back on July 1st, 1990 against the Yankees, where they scored four runs on a three-run E7 and a one-run E9. For those who don't know, that's a no-hitter. That's a no-hitter he lost four to nothing. It was a no-hitter at the time, but then, you know, they got stingy, and the rules committee said that since he only pitched eight innings, it's not a no-hitter. But in our hearts, that's a no-hitter because, I mean, that, that was awesome. Yeah. And plus, we want to say that the White Sox won a game and a no hitter because that's just cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 fun to say in that way. This is true. All right, I got two things for you. I don't know if you heard earlier in the show the research I had done on White Sox second base. Did you hear this stuff, uh, Chris? I'm, I, I I I because not only is it bad this year, and they're one of four position groups on any team in baseball with an OPS below 500, along with Padres catchers. Oakland second baseman and Kansas City center fielders. Those are the four worst position groups offensively in baseball. But going into this season, over the last decade, 2013 to 2022, White Sox second base is dead last in OPS of any position group of any team in baseball. By one point, by one point behind the Kansas City Royals shortstops. Between 2013 and 22, that's a 646 OPS. White Sox, 645 OPS. So it's been a problem the last decade. 
uh, bigger than any in baseball, and it continues this year. That is an unimpressive run of futility, my friend. Yeah, it it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's been something we've looked at. And I think starting with um, Gordon Beckham's last opening day start as White Sox second baseman, I think it's been 11 for 11 in different second baseman on opening day for the White Sox. It's been a revolving door. Wow. Oddly enough, that's not even the longest streak like that. I think the Giants had 17 starting left fielders in opening day since Barry Bonds. Oh, my God. But that's another story. Yeah, second base. I mean, it's 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 been a problem, and you know what they did to fix it this off season was to bring back Andrews. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's the impact that you wanted. Um, it, it it certainly has not given the impact that was wanted, and I admit that I was wrong about my excitement for Elvis Andrews coming back and my thought that he could uh, adjust to second base no, um, as, no. as easily. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was a great signing to bring him back because. He, he definitely seems like the type of guy that provides veteran leadership that this team needs. Right. I think that's the type of player that you want on your bench, for sure. I, I love him as a guy in the White Sox bench. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's the best option as a starting everyday second baseman. Yeah, no, I think and, that, that, that's fair. And, I, and I, I stand by that part, the soft factors I loved. All right, I want to throw this at you before I let you go here, Chris. Um, it, it, Mookie Betts had a leadoff homer on Friday night. That's 41. 41 career leadoff homers. He's ninth all time in leadoff home runs in the history of the sport. Give me some of the ones that are ahead of him. I bet some will roll off the tongue for you, Chris Kampka. Well, I know it's um, Springer and Soriano are tied with 54 for second behind Ricky Henderson, who has 81. Correct. And after those three, you got Craig Biggio with 53. And I think fifth is Ian Kinsler, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. You just rattled off the top five. That's yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm not in a computer right now. I'm going off the top of my head. Oh, no. I, I, and you wouldn't yeah. look up the computer. You're not allowed to. That's right. Ricky at 81. Springer at 54, tied with Soriano. Biggio at 53. Ian Kinsler, fifth. Six, seven, eight. Any guesses as to who might be ahead of Mookie? Uh, six, seven, eight. Um, former, White, have, former White uh, Sox shortstop very late in his career. Uh, White Sox shortstop late in his career. That would be... At the very, uh, at the very, very end, Jimmy Rollins is there. Jimmy Rollins, of course. Yes. Jimmy Rollins is a very, very good player. Hall of Fame, uh, maybe. Yeah, right he, on the he's edge. On that, he's on the fence. He's not a ba- he wouldn't be a bad candidate. Right. Um, um, a, a Chicagoan who has been incredible in the community. There's a field named after him at UIC. Oh, um, Granderson. Curtis Granderson is yeah. is is sixth all time. Jimmy Rollins is seventh. And then eighth, um, noted for one big power season, uh, but I'll always remember him as being part of the trade that sent uh, Kurt, okay, yeah. Kurt Brady Schilling. Anderson. It's Brady Anderson. Brady, I couldn't even get it out. Brady Anderson and Kurt Schilling to the Orioles from the Red Sox for Mike Boddicker. Now, Mike Boddicker did help the Red Sox win uh, a pennant, maybe two if memory serves. But, yeah, that, that's uh, those are the ones ahead of Mookie. And then Charlie Blackman rounds out your top ten Career leadoff home run guys. That's a cool list. You know, Ricky Henderson is 81, and the Miami Marlins as a franchise have 80. (laughs) (laughs) I love that stuff. That is phenomenal. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day, man. We'll talk to you. Yeah, you too. All right, buddy. It's Chris Kampka from uh, NBC Sports Chicago. All right, here we go. 11 o'clock hour, folks. Tell a friend. We're live on the Marquee Sports Network. Our entire next hour as I turn towards the camera. Hi, everybody. 
is live on the Marquee Sports Network. Cliff Floyd will join us at the top of the hour. I'll tell you about a new podcast I have, which I'm super excited about, and we'll bring you a, a, a clip of it. And also Mike Talkman, the uh, Palatine Pounder, will join us at 1045. So lots to come here on 670 The Score. It is hit and run. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.